Welcome to The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Robeck. Each week on our show, we invite a special guest to share their knowledge on health, wellness, and better daily habits so you can have the life you deserve. Let's get started. Brianne Showman is on our show today. She's a doctor of physical therapy and also an OCR coach. OCR means obstacle course racing, and she'll discuss that as we progress. She's also a running technique specialist. And today's show is going to be talking about how our wellness clients that want to get into recreational activities can do that safely and without injury. So Brianne, welcome to the show. So let's get into what, what is an OCR coach and what is OCR? Yeah, OCR stands for obstacle course racing. So if you've ever heard of Spartan, Tough Mudder, um, or your dash, anything like that, that's going to be obstacle course racing. Got it. So it's a mix of your running and other stuff. How did you get into that? So I grew up-ish a runner. I started running in high school. I ran through college, uh, ran through PT school, got into CrossFit because I wanted something a little bit more still competitive. Um, I wouldn't, I wanted that competitive feel back and about three years ago, as I was just in different kind of groups and forums on Facebook, I started talking to people who like, you should do an OCR race. You're like, I see you crushing CrossFit. I see you crushing your, your running. So I just decided to meld the two and yep. check it out. Uh, have, were you competitive in CrossFit? I compete. Yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Yep. Still to this day. Yeah. I actually have a competition May 1st. Where is this? Uh, here local at my gym. Nice. What's the, what's the gym? CrossFit Insight. There you go. CrossFit Insight. Little plug. Uh, <laughs> speaking of plugs, how can people find you? Easiest way is my website, getyourfixpt.com. Got it. Uh, so Brianna is a doctor of physical therapy. Uh, she calls herself an OCR coach and running tech specialist. Uh, so she has a wealth of information stuck in that brain of hers and she is, uh, but she found her niche and uh, that's why she calls herself that. Uh, but um, we spoke maybe three months ago and our philosophies are on point and, and the way in which we approach getting people better is, is similar. Uh, so it's nice to have like mine. Uh, the, uh, you know, OCR can be a lot of fun and you don't have to be a professional at it. You don't, you can go out there and just have fun. However, it's a, you, there's a high risk of injury. And so since you're a coach, how do you navigate that for people and how do you evaluate that to make sure they can get into it safely? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, with any, any sport, you're, there's always a risk of injury, so we can never get rid of everything. But I think the biggest thing, especially when we look at the running aspect of OCR is it's so easy to just like go buy a pair of shoes, buy some shorts, buy a shirt and go out the door and go for a run. And that's what a lot of people do. And so it's like, they just start to like, without doing anything, let's just go for three miles and see what happens. And it's, it's just too much too soon for the body before you've even tested it to see if it's even able to hold up to the demands of running. And so automatically there we see injuries. Um, then when you get to more of the obstacle things, the body needs more stability than people realize it needs for a lot of things. So we see a lot of shoulder injuries on hanging obstacles because we haven't prepared the body for it. We see a lot of back injuries with things that involve like lifting, carrying, pushing, pulling, because people haven't trained their bodies how to move properly for it. So right. there's a lot of these things that if we just taught the body how to move better first, that we wouldn't have a lot of injuries then going into it. Now that can sound overwhelming for um, someone that has never done it. 
Uh, would you suggest, sounds like a leading question, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> would you suggest somebody like goes out and tries like a, um, a Spartan race where, um, but they know they're not going for time and they're just trying to get through it and see what it's like in comparison to maybe going through a full training program and then doing it. You know, I don't necessarily think it's a, well, if we're just getting off the couch and going and doing that, I would not suggest that. If it's someone who goes to the gym on a fairly regular basis um, and just wants something new in their life, then they're probably okay to go test it out because they've at least done enough with their body to be able to support the demands for, you know, a shorter race. Right. Um, so it kind of depends on where someone's at. But if you are just like getting off the couch and you're going to go do this, I would not suggest that. Great. Good advice. How about this? Uh, somebody wants is like, okay, I'd like this OCR thing. And it's a lot of fun for listeners out there right now. I mean, just go Google OCR and see what these people are doing. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great community. Number one. I mean, if you're looking for friends, <laughs> uh, really get involved with OCR. It's uh it's kind of a cultish existence in a good way. Uh, <laughs> there you go. the, uh, the, but that being said, just getting out there and running might be the start to get into something that could be quote unquote more fun than just running. And I don't take any away from running, but some people just say, I just don't want to do it. It's too boring. I go, <laughs> it's boring because you're not efficient with your body. And that's why you hate it because it hurts and it's exhausting. So how do you help somebody enjoy the process of running and then getting into something a little bit more recreational. Yeah. It's really funny you say that though. Cause a lot of the OCR racers I talk to, they're like, I hate running. It's just like the method to get from one obstacle to the next. So That's right. they have to do it. Um, but as far as enjoying it, you know, if you're doing something and your body hurts, you're not going to enjoy it. So a lot of times we don't like running because it feels hard because our knees hurt, our feet hurt. It like something hurts. And ultimately, if it's really hard, if something hurts, it means you're not doing it right. And that's where the running technique specialist comes in is because there's ways that we can improve how we run. So we aren't using as much energy. So it actually feels easy. It's um, we are running in a way that we aren't putting as many forces through the body. So we aren't injuring ourselves as often. We're making sure we're strong enough to stabilize over the distance that we're running. And so if we can do all this stuff, so it feels easy. So it doesn't hurt. It becomes fun. It's so well said. Um, the, uh, efficiency, I mean, how many people have gone out there, tried to run their knees start to hurt or they wake up the next day, their back hurts, their knees are tight. And it's like, Oh, I'm not doing that. I only went two and a half miles and I feel like garbage the next day. And that's because number one, if that's the case, you need a coach. If it's two miles and you feel that way post run or maybe a day or two afterwards and your knees are achy and tight and your back, you have back pain. Uh, it's not the right thing for you to be doing without assistance. Uh, and I would strongly advise finding a coach or reaching out to Brianne. Um, so, and you also have a podcast, don't you? I do. What's it called? It's called highly functional. Very nice. I'm I'm assuming they can find it on any podcast podcast platform. It's on any podcast platform. Yep. Awesome. What do you guys talk about? I cover all topics. Basically my goal is to create highly functional humans. So mm -hmm. we can cover everything. I get athletes on talking about their injury stories, coaches, clinicians, nutritionists, mindsets, um, people covering just anything that helps people become like better humans, the whole wellness spectrum, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, the, what I'd like to get into 
uh, taking a couple steps back is the uh, person that breaks the shoes out of the closet that's been in there for a bit and says, okay, I'm going for a run today. Um, and then the process of them shuffling their way forward or propelling themselves forward through shuffle steps in comparison to using their whole body. And you spoke about efficiency. Uh, so I said, you know, I love when we can have, have people on the show where the listener can take something away immediately and apply. Uh, so when you have an amateur runner go out and run and they're shuffle stepping their way through, what would you, how could you help them say, or have better form through a podcast? I know yeah. that's a lot to ask. But. No, no, not at all. Um, so there's, before we even get to that point, there is one thing like, I think everyone who starts running should be able to do. And even when I look at runners in general, a lot of them can't do it. And a lot of them, that's why they're injured is, can you balance on one leg? And how well can you balance on one leg? Essentially, every time you run, you're doing a single leg stance one after the other. And if you can't just in space, solid ground control environment, do a single leg stance, there's no way your body can control that running. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, make sure you can do that. From there, when we're actually talking about the running technique, we're talking about efficiency on bringing that leg through um, and also, you know, avoiding catching your toe on the ground. Um, we want to think more about pulling that leg off the ground. So it, um, when we think about the body and the physics that happen. If you use your hamstring to lift your foot off the ground, it naturally brings that leg around forward. So we aren't having to use that hip flexor then to help it out. We aren't having to do all this like momentum forces with our body to help it out. It naturally happens. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just like make that one little transition to pulling the leg off the ground rather than with the hamstring, rather than trying to force it with the calf for the hip flexor or something else, then naturally your efficiency is already going to improve. Got it. And when you say one leg stance, do you mean standing without support with the one leg bent 90 degrees in the air and the other foot flat on the ground? Accurate. Okay. Uh, and then as far as um, the, can we, can we spot, let's spot, talk about how the upper body moves in relation to the lower body mm -hmm. when we run. Um, I'll let you have that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> so um, torso, upper body. We, it's like this fine line. We don't want to run perfectly tight, but we don't want to run with in which too much rotation going on in the torso either. So we have to find this happy medium. Um, the other thing we want to pay attention to is like where are the arms going. So a lot of times, and I like, oh, <laughs> I'm in my car driving down the street watching runners. I'm like, oh, they need work. Because um, <laughs> it's very apparent if someone is running with their arms, like going across their body. Naturally, when, like, say your right arm is going across your body rather than straight forward, it takes your forces to a diagonal position. So then you're having to work through your lower legs and your pelvis to change that force. So we're using so much more energy. We're increasing um, rotational forces in the body, putting a lot of tension through all of our tendons, muscles, ligaments, everything. Um, so we really want to make sure those arms are going straight forward. We just have a nice, comfortable arm swing that we aren't really tight. Um, one, I won't even say it's a test to kind of determine if your arms are too stiff or not. If you're getting shoulder pain or neck pain when you're running, you're probably running really, really tight through those shoulders. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> if you get that really tight knot above your scapula and it's like radiating into your arm, you're definitely shrugging and contracting and you're not as loose as you should be as you're rolling through. How, you know, the one time, not one time, the, uh, the uh, relationship to speed walking and running when people are like, what should my running form look like? And I'm trying to educate them either really quick or, um, virtually, uh, if you, if you've seen Olympic speed walkers, or if you just Google speed walkers, you can see how they use their entire body as efficiently as possible. And they literally wind themselves up in a way that they can propel themselves forward. Now that's an over-exaggeration for an amateur runner, but if you're looking for the physics behind it or the mechanics behind it, that's one way to look at how you can get your body to function and move as you propel yourself forward while you run. Uh, so I know this is a, podcast. So it's hard to educate, but that's why Brianne exists. Um, do you do virtual work as well? I do. The majority of things I do are actually virtually. Can you explain how that helps or how that works? Yeah. So I get on for the actual running analysis itself. I have specific ways that I have people film them, but I have them film themselves running and then email those over to me. From there, we get on a virtual a Zoom call together in order to really break down what's going on. This is what you're doing. This is why it's impacting X, Y, and Z injuries, um, and then start from there, giving them some drills, either running technique drills, strength things in order to start working on that. Um, and then like anything improvement wise, it's not just going to be fixed in one session. So then it's continuing sessions in order to continue progressing exercises and, and, uh, get, get you where you need to go. Um, I get this question quite often and I'm sure you do as well. What kind of shoes? Should I buy <laughs> or are these shoes good enough? These shoes are five years old. Will they still work? <laughs> so what what's your thoughts on that? Oh, the great shoe debate. Um, so I mean, ultimately it depends on the person. Every foot is different. Every body is different. Everyone's going to tolerate something differently, which is why so many shoe companies exist and they're all successful. Um, with that said, I'm also very anti-shoes. I am very much minimalist, barefoot, that sort of things. Um, because of not to get my soapbox too much, but I will. Um, when we wear shoes, a couple things happen when you're adding that cushion to there, it decreases the, what's called proprioception of your foot, um, with the ground. So even though you think that cushion is helping you, you actually are hitting the ground harder than what you would otherwise. So we're actually putting more force through the leg rather than less because that cushioning's on the shoe. Also, the what's called drop of the shoe with that elevated heel is automatically going to force you into a heel strike. The more heel strike you have, the more forces are going through the leg. So there's a lot of things to consider when we're looking at shoes on um, like what's best for me now, and then also where do we need to go to make us a um, more efficient and also more resilient runner. Got it. Because with CrossFit and you're a competitive CrossFit athlete, you're the, there's a different shoe for CrossFit and typically CrossFit athletes wear that minimalist shoe or that flat shoe, um, without cushion. Mm -hmm. And that can be very different for people that get right into it. <laughs> and it can be very jarring because people are used to that cushion. And so they, ex they think that they have to 
drive that hard through that cushion to get that feel. What Brianne mentioned was proprioception. Uh, What's happening is that heel is trying to find a place of impact. And that's where your body knows where it's, where it is in space. But if there's a big cushion, it doesn't know where it is. So it keeps driving through the cushion to feel something stable. Uh, the CrossFit shoes or the minimalist shoes, you really don't have to do that because the minute your foot strikes, you feel the earth. And uh, that's what she's speaking about as far as more of a purist and a, a natural approach to running uh, without cushion. Um, but however, if you're used to these running shoes that have a lot of cushion and then you go right into that flat foot or minimalist shoe, you're just going to, you're going to really jar yourself until you get used to it, which means uh, ease your way into it. <laughs> yes. Um Transitioning into a minimalist shoe the wrong way is definitely setting up for injury because of everything that has to happen um, or because of how much differently the foot and lower leg work in the process of that. The um, let's talk treadmill. Okay. Some people live in weird parts of the country like myself. I grew up in Buffalo and uh, can't run. Well, you can run, but (laughs) I I wouldn't advise running in the winter there. Uh, So a lot of people have to be in the gym. What's your thoughts on treadmills and efficiency there and, and conditioning through treadmill? You know, if that's the only, for me, I get bored on machines, so I'm not a fan of the treadmills, but I like in certain conditions, like it's the safest place to be for a runner. The biggest thing to think about with treadmills or to know is that it actually changes how, like how the muscles are working through that running pattern. You are essentially running in one place with the ground moving underneath you versus you having to propel propel yourself forward. So the muscles are working a little bit differently. So um, it's just something to be aware of if you are like used to running outdoors and then you're going to be strictly indoors for maybe three months, like give yourself just like when you start running, you have to give yourself a little bit of transition time and a little grace period to let your body get adapted to that. So we don't have injuries. Um, If it's one of the situations where like, couple days a week you're on the treadmill because the baby's sleeping and then the other days your husband's home and you're you can go out for a run not as bad because that variability of training actually can be a good thing yep uh thank you and there are a lot of there are some really good treadmills out there techno gym makes a great treadmill it's not found everywhere but you know you'll know if you're on a good treadmill based on the feel of that tread when you're on it uh and so if you are going to be on a treadmill long term please invest in a good one uh it'll be all the difference in the world for you long term and they'll last a long time compared to the cheaper options. Uh, today was all about making sure that um, if you're going to do something different, whether it be running or some other recreational hobby and hopefully OCR, because that can be a lot of fun for people that have never tried it is to make sure that you know how to get into it without hurting yourself because we'd hate for you to have a downward spiral after making so many gains on our program. Uh, and uh, there are coaches out there. What makes our program successful is the mentoring and the coaching walking shoulder to shoulder with you to make sure that this journey is reasonable and that you're constantly making gains. And once you reach your goals, you, you maintain them. And uh, just like our coaching, if you're going to go fly a plane or learn how to fly, fly a plane plane, you better have a co-pilot. So <laughs> Brian, Brian is, uh, is that person. If you're looking to, um, to learn how to run better or um, get into obstacle course racing. So once again, Brian, can you uh, share how they can find you? Yeah. Easiest way is on my website, getyourfixpt.com. And then you can also check out my podcast, Highly Functional, on anywhere you find podcasts. Brianne, thank you so much for being on today. You're welcome. This is fun. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you did, please like and subscribe to stay tuned. See you next week on another episode of The Fix Podcast. Podcast.